Good Vibes Only is here to take you on a journey to discover the weird and wacky world of wellness. It's brought to you by the globally renowned skin and wellness expert, Marie Reynolds, who holds over 36 years of experience within the skin and well-being industry. Each week, Marie shares her own holistic lifestyle hacks and chats to other leading wellness experts to find out their Good Vibes story, discussing how they deal with day-to-day stress, anxiety, sleep, and skin issues. Listen in as Marie explores why, when it comes to our health and wellness, we need to look beyond the linear, question the norm, and think outside the box. I want to introduce, well, actually, Daniel, you can introduce yourself because you have been in the industry for a very long time. I have, yes. Um, First of all, I want to thank you for coming on to Good Vibes Only. Do you know we've known each other for almost 15 years? Are you sure it's not longer? It's flown by. If you want to introduce yourself to the lovely listeners and tell them how you began your journey. Well, hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to this interview with me and Marie. My name is Daniel Sandler. I'm a makeup artist who started his own brand nearly 19 years ago. And I'm famous for a fantastic liquid blusher called Watercolour. So I started off as a makeup artist when I was about 18 years old after I left the London College of Fashion. And I started working in London through a fantastic agency called Lynn Franks, who you may not know the name because that was a name from the 80s, but you'll know Ab Fab, the show. Yeah, yeah. Well, Adina, who was played by Jennifer Saunders, yeah. that character was based on Lynn Franks, the oh, woman wow. herself, who was like the most massive London PR. She had all the best accounts. So I was lucky enough to be represented by her makeup and hair department who put me out there for fashion shows and magazines. And I started working in London and I ended up working in Paris, Milan, New York, and I did a little stint in Tokyo. And so when did your first passion for makeup start? Was it as a young boy or was it in your teenage years? Early teens, because what I what I absolutely loved, like I was brought up near Sloan Square, mm-hmm. very close to the King's Road. And I absolutely love, so in, in the 70s, it was the punks strutting their stuff down there. Then it became new wave, so new wave cool people were strutting their stuff. But my era, when I was a teenager, I saw loads of new romantics coming out of Sloan Square Tube, going all the way down the King's Road. Music videos were just launching on MTV. Yeah. So the music, the fashion, men wearing makeup, bands like Duran Duran, Spandaz, yeah. Steve Strange. And and those were translating to trends down the King's Road or in fashion magazines. And I loved the idea of seeing how you could change yourself from being something quite ordinary. And I was a very ordinary ginger boy with spots with bright red curly hair. And I didn't feel sexy and attractive. To suddenly transform yourself into being something really quite wild looking because as a ginger boy I never got noticed but hell I got noticed when I crimped my hair or I'd put on purple eyeshadow or lipstick so that's really what got me into not just loving makeup and playing with products and sort of expressing an artistic side of my nature but seeing the transformation of what makeup can do and it was, a, it was a real difference at that time, wasn't it? Like Human League and the fashion, like the rah-rah skirts and men yeah. wearing the blouses with the big ruffles. That's and it. pirate gear. Yeah, so your interest sparked from there. Yeah. And then you started doing the fashion show. So when did you actually branch out on your own and what made you start with something different in the form of a blusher like the watercolours? Well, I started 
working as a makeup artist professionally <clears throat> after I left the London College of Fashion and I started working through that agency. And my dad was really good because my dad was a pretty well-known hairdresser. Mm -hmm. He had three salons in London and he used to do fashion shows and magazines himself. So I used to go and watch him work and he introduced me some really cool top photographers like David Bailey, Terence Donovan, wow. who I ended up working with and they gave me a go because they knew my dad. But of course, everybody helps, you know, someone's kid or yeah. you get that help in the beginning, but you've got to be able to come up with the goods. Of course, Otherwise, yeah. I'll never use you again. So I was lucky enough that they liked my style. They liked me. I got on with the models. I got on with the hairdressers and everybody. So I did my stint in London and then my agent said, you should really go to Milan because there were loads of more, like 20 times more fashion magazines in Milan and the magazines weren't monthly, they were weekly. Yeah. So you could suddenly create a fantastic portfolio, come back to London with like 60 new tear sheets after being in there for three months. Amazing. So amazing. So that was really good. And then I went to New York, came back and then I was on a TV show called Style Challenge, which was a BBC show where what happened was we get two people, there were two teams, me, someone like Nikki Clark and a fashion stylist like Hilary Alexander would completely change this this person who'd written in and said they needed they wanted a makeover or whatever and then there was another team of people like with Ruby Hammer doing the makeup Charles Worthington doing the hair and another famous stylist and at the end of the show after we'd worked on this lovely person that a mirror would swing round and it and the reveal was this brand new look for this person so I got spotted on that Star Challenge TV show by the lovely bourgeois PR lady at the time was called Leslie Chivers and she brought me on board. So it was Leslie after five years of being with bourgeois. I think I was with them for about six or seven years in total. She said to me, Daniel, you're so good with the press that if you brought out your own product, because yeah. I was a spokesperson for bourgeois. And so I tell the press every week um, how to use bourgeois products to recreate the latest trends. And I translate those high fashion trends for real women, and my tips would be in the magazine. So the fantastic journalist at the time, I got to know them really, really well. And Leslie said, Daniel, bring out your own range. So I started working on something that I knew wasn't in the marketplace, because of course we've all got to have our unique yeah, product. Yeah, your USB. P. Yeah. Oh, USB, that's it. Your USB is something <laughs> sticking down. That's right. You should know that. Well, I hope you do too. Yeah, only when we do colonics. Every day's an education. Yeah. So anyway, after I got my USP, everybody, yeah. I, I decided that it has to be a liquid blusher because blushes at the time were powder, which are fine, but I find them that they wear off quickly and they can look quite dry on certain skins. And I was also finding that there weren't enough blushes for all different skin tones. Mm. Plus the creamy, greasy formulas of blushes would really slide in the heat. So I knew that I, I knew I needed a long lasting, sheer, mixable, blendable shade of liquid blushes that would stay put and suit everybody's skin tone, everybody's skin type and be perfect for any age. Yeah. And that's how the watercolor concept first came into my mind. I was sort of problem solving, Yeah. you know? Um, and then I went to a factory and I said, this is what I need you to create a product that does this. And I showed them a whole group of products that I mixed together myself from NARS, from Clinique, from Bourgeois. I used to mix things on the back of my hand to create a color, a texture, a certain finish that I knew would stay put. Yeah. So I said, take all these elements from all these products, but combine it into one product that's a li liquid. And they did it. 
And that was my hero product. It's still now nearly 20 years later. It's it's still a unique, fantastic product. Well, I absolutely love it. You got some? I, yeah, teas, I love it. I put it on my eyes, I put it on my lips, I put yeah. it on my cheek. I absolutely love teas and the bronzer. And I mix it with some of my bits and pieces to just give it a bit of jus. I know, that's very clever. I like the way that you work. It's a golden glow one that you use. It's the bronzer liquid, how you work it with, with your hydrator. So, yeah. And you blend it and you just get the most lovely sun-kissed, glowy, sexy finish. And that's what I love about my product is I would just apply it in a very natural, normal, quite straight way where I just put it on the cheeks. But when someone like yourself mixes it with skincare or there's other makeup artists out there who get so unbelievably creative mm. with the makeup, it's not natural and it's not fashion. They do these incredibly artistic, beautiful painted faces, almost like a serious work of art. It's like, wow, I'm really loving my product even more because I love how people can take it, run with it and make it their own. But that's the beauty of it. It's adaptable, but it's also buildable. Yeah. And that is what is really mm. lovely. I think if ever I went away, I think just a concealer and that, yes. it would do me. And mascara. Oh, mascara, yeah. I've got to have my lashes. Yeah. <laughs> but it's absolutely brilliant. So talking about creativity, your posts on Instagram are gorgeous i absolutely love seeing your creativity on your beautiful face using your products so tell us where that has come from did, did that come from lockdown it did because it also came from leaving london my husband simon and myself left london about six years ago and so i wasn't doing so much in studio so i wasn't working on models so much anymore And during lockdown, definitely, it got to a point where I was looking on social media thinking, well, I, I didn't know what TikTok was because TikTok had just started. Yeah. And I thought, I can't do the TikTok thing because that's just too way out there and people are so clever and I can't dance for one thing. <laughs> and I wasn't going to show people how I couldn't dance. But then I thought, well, you know, I've got the lights, I've got the makeup, I've got the iPhone. Let's just start getting experimental myself. And I hadn't been experimental on myself since being in my 20s or even younger than that to such a degree and what i found was it was good for me my followers were engaging with me more they were encouraging me i was obviously had this pent-up artistic thing still inside me that i didn't know i had and it was just all coming out and every day i do a completely different look gorgeous i'm obsessed and so what does it give you when you actually use your creativity to be honest I look at it and I think I'm not that bad because when you look at social as much as I do, and a lot of us are obsessed with looking at on social media, what's going on, you see people doing the most amazing makeup all around the world that think, you know, it's great that social media is making the world a smaller place, but I'm seeing people's work who I would probably never have seen yeah. if we didn't have an iPhone and we didn't have social media. So what I see is, what other people are doing. And I'm thinking, blimey, I'm not really that good. There's got to be more to me. I was feeling like I wasn't really a makeup artist yeah, anymore. Yeah, but do you think that's a bit of self-saboteur? That's that inner dialogue that we all have. All of us have that, don't we? Purposely, don't follow people. Yeah. <laughs> Or even if I love the person, but if they're doing something or saying something that makes me feel a certain way, yeah. I will just... Switch off? We'll just mute them. Yeah, of course. Because... You have to focus on your own journey. Yeah. And there's no doubt about it. Your creativity and what you do is just amazing. So I am so thankful that you do that. And also thankful 
that you share that because you give others the confidence to do it, which leads me on to my next question. Go on. Because I know that you and Simon had some... Trolling. Trolling, yeah. Yeah, horrible so, stuff. Yeah, social media is a double-edged sword, isn't it? It can be amazing, but it can just be as nasty and toxic as well. So how did you deal with that? First off, being a gay man, and it's not just me, any person who's different to what society thinks is of normal, wherever you are in the world, regardless of sex, age, whatever, you can get bullied. Mm. And you can get that sort of bullying from very young. So that's what I want to say first, because the bullying that I receive online is nothing I haven't heard for in my life since I was a small child, when I was at school and people would say pufter and this and whatever, and it was horrible. So it's not a shock that I'm receiving very nasty messages. But what was happening on social media was it was like one person would say something negative and somehow other people who had a similar hatred and, and venom for a homosexual or someone wearing makeup would also be attracted and left to leave that kind of comment. So and I don't know what happened. Yeah, suddenly we had like 60 really horrible messages on one post and that would just continuously grow. Mm saying that I'm going to be damned, that I'm sick, that God will forgive me. Just really, really horrible things. I sort of switch off the, the specifics. I took it on board and I kind of thought, well, they're just not very nice people. I'll just ignore it. And I didn't tell Simon about it because he's really busy with work. And I didn't want him to get bogged down with me sounding like a crybaby. Oh, someone's left horrible messages. Because I get DMs as well, not just on public posts. And I thought, oh, I'm not going to bother him. But I told him and he was really, really, really upset. And then I thought, well, maybe I should take this more seriously. Yeah, maybe it's really wrong because, of course, I've got my brand. And how would a brand react to those, those statements? So we've got a fantastic social media manager who answers questions and comments and replies to things in a really, really wonderful, upbeat, professional way. But me, myself, these days, people can leave those comments if they want. I, I, I think that people leave those comments because they are untraceable. I don't know where they live. I don't know what they look like. I could pass you're, them in the street. Yeah, you'll often find that they're very unhappy and mixed yeah. up themselves. Well, that's, that's, I think, what it comes down to. So these days, I think to myself, these are people who are very unhappy with themselves. And what they don't like seeing is someone else out, proud, happy with their life, happy with their lot, living their life as best as they can, and they feel threatened because it's highlighting to them their un unhappiness that they can't do something similar. Absolutely. So that is where my thinking is. And I don't hate people who leave these horrible comments. I don't hate them at all. I, I would wish them well, and I would want them to rethink. And society has made them think and feel and be like this and behave a certain way. But if only they could step back and not be... Um, stereotype by society to think that everyone should be like them. Everyone mm. should be a certain way. And if they explored their own lives, if they explored their own potential of what they could be, and if they were happy with the result, they would realise that there's no room for hatred because everybody should just be themselves and we should all be happy. Yeah, exactly. And also you often find the only way that they can feel empowered yeah. is by being a bit of a keyboard warrior yeah. and trying to stop you in your tracks. Yeah. 
but you've turned it round. Yeah. Thanks. And I'm so proud of you. Thank, thank so you. explain what you've done. Well, it's made me think about my own message to people now that when I put a post out there about me wearing makeup or what makeup I'm doing that day or about my life, I'm trying to encourage people to just be themselves and to accept others. That's more what my message is about now. And that reaction is going very deep with a lot of people who are either unhappy with themselves, that I'm, I'm helping them just be themselves and not beat themselves up about who they are and what they are no, and what they, how they want to live their lives. So I'm happy to really confirm the message that it's okay to be yourself. It's okay to be how you want to be and live how you want to live. And that's really resonating with a lot of people who I think are coming up against a lot of hardship, a lot of negativity in their lives. And of course, we're all sensitive people, pick us, prick us, we bleed, you know, and they do say names will never hurt you, but they do hurt you. But it's being able to go past that and think to yourself, there's actually nothing wrong with me. I'm absolutely fine. The problem, my dear, is with you. Yeah. Well, that sits with something that I call the unwanted gift. I always say clients that are going through anxiety or stress, I say, if somebody was to give you a beautiful gift and it was tied up in a beautiful Tiffany box and ribbon, yeah. but you knew that if you opened it, a toxic smoke would come out, invade your body and make you sick, would yes. you accept it? No. No, you wouldn't. So you have to look at these as unwanted gifts and you have to leave them there. Yeah. But your encouragement for people to be their authentic self and your brand's encouragement for inclusivity. Yeah. That's amazing. Thank you. So getting back to your watercolours. Yeah. How many shades have you got now? Got about 21. We're just about to launch another one in a few days. So, yeah, 22. Oh, you've heard it here. It, it, sort, it sort of fluctuates between... 21 to 22, 23, depending on the season and availability. Because these days, post-COVID and post-Brexit, it's very hard to create products and turn them around. If you run out of stock, it's very hard to get something back in stock as quickly. Tell me about it. So, you know, <laughs> I know. it's nearly three times as long, just yeah. waiting for a, the, you know, the empty bottle to turn up that you can fill. So it, it's more expensive than it was. It's... Uh, much slower process and it's a lot more frustrating but it's still such a rewarding job being a makeup artist having a brand and it's my life and I absolutely love it and it shows listen I could talk to you all day and I just want to thank you so much for spending the time here and sharing your lovely news and thank you for being my friend as well because you are Always. a blessing you and Simon so thank you. Always. And, and thank you. Thank you, listeners, for tuning into this. Where can they follow you? Okay. So if you want to find more about me and my products, you can go visit danielsandler.com. On Instagram, my own personal account is at the Daniel Sandler. My brand's account is Daniel Sandler Makeup, and that will be for Twitter and Facebook as well. And finally, if you want to give anybody a message that is feeling a certain way about whether they're their sexuality or being bullied or not feeling inclusive, what would that message be? Take care of yourself. Um, you don't need to make big changes overnight, but pixie steps. Do things slowly that you feel comfortable um, and just really think about what you want from life and just stick to that goal. It's not a dream. You don't have to dream. It is a reality. This is your life. Don't screw it up. Take care of number one always. Oh. I love that. God bless. Bye, guys. Bye.
that's it for this week's Good Vibes Only episode. But there's plenty more wholesome, holistic information where that came from. Check out Marie's website, www.mariereynoldslondon.com or follow Marie on socials. For Marie's products, follow at Marie Reynolds London on Instagram and Facebook and at Marie Reynolds underscore London on TikTok. You can also follow Marie's day-to-day content on Instagram. Follow at Marie Reynolds underscore M-R-L. Thank you so much for listening to Good Vibes Only. If you've enjoyed this episode, we'd love for you to subscribe to and review the podcast wherever you listen to them. And remember to share the episode too. See you next time.